0: So before we get started today, I'm super pumped to read a little review. I'm going to start showcasing some of our reviews because they actually are a little preview for people who are first-time listeners of the show. It gives you a little preview into like what to expect in someone else's words other than my own because like I could totally sit here and brag about myself, but it's more cool if I have someone else bragging, right? So um, I'm going to read this review. This was actually a review I got um, in March and it was from someone who I don't know. So initially when I started getting reviews, it was all from people who were like friends and family that I begged for reviews. And the cool thing is that after a while, I started getting reviews from people I didn't know. And those have been really fun and exciting because it really helps me know that I am making a true and strong impression. So I have to thank Ramey Bachman, who also, in addition to her her review, sent me a hysterical email. So thank you, Ramey. Big love for you out there, mama. So her review says, the second most cathartic experience I have ever had since motherhood began 3.5 years ago, is this podcast? Sarah rocks it. She is real. She knows it and she embraces the messiness that is real life. I can so identify with her and with the other two amazing she, women she has interviewed so far. This podcast is like curling up with a good book, a glass, no a bottle of wine, and the sister from another mister you just found out existed. Do yourself a favor and binge on this amazing woman and her enthusiasm for the realities of life. The Shameless Mom Academy is the second most cathartic experience I've had since beginning motherhood 3.5 years ago. Sarah rocks it. She is real. She owns it and she embraces the messiness that is real life. I can so identify with her and with the two amazing women she has interviewed thus far. This podcast is like curling up with a good book, a glass, no, a bottle, of wine and the sister from another mister you just found out existed. Do yourself a favor and binge on this amazing woman and her enthusiasm for the realities of life. So thank you, Ramey. I love that. And I'm going to continue to do my very best to uh, have you all drink and listen with me. So I'm not sitting here drinking, sadly, because it's 2.40 in the afternoon. And if I start drinking now, I'll be a mess by the time I go to pick up Vinny from school. But we can pretend that we're all sitting drinking together, right? Because let's be honest, we probably all wish we had a glass of wine in front of us right now. I have some decaf coffee in front of me right now because I'm on a no coffee kick. So like once a week, I go and get my big treat, which is a decaf coffee. <laughs> I'm telling you, wine is way better. But anyways, thanks, Rami, so much. I really love the feedback, and I would love to hear from the, the rest of you. So feel free to send a review over. You can uh, take a screenshot of the review that you leave on iTunes if you want me to read it on air, or you can email me your review, just like copy and paste it uh, once you've submitted it as well. So I would love to hear from you. All right, so today's episode, are you ready? This is going to be big. I'm going to talk about the damn scale, and I'm going to talk about why I did not lose my baby weight. So this has been something that's been pretty challenging for me, and I'll be honest, I'm glad I'm sitting in a room by myself talking about it, because it makes it a little more comfortable. Um, I actually do talk a lot about these things in my local business. I own a gym here in Seattle, and I do talk about these things in my gym with my clients there, Um, but it's a little bit of an uncomfortable topic. But here's the thing. I feel like it's only uncomfortable because society says it's supposed to be uncomfortable. So today we're going to talk about like exactly how much I've weighed for most of my adulthood because who the hell cares, right? I'm going to actually give you numbers. I'm going to tell you, and I'm sure I'm not alone that I know all these random weights from different times in my life because this is what women do, right? Like guys don't remember like, well, back in 86, Um, in my third year at blah, blah, blah school, I weighed exactly whatever, but women, oh, we totally remember. We remember like our weight on our wedding day, our weight before we got pregnant, our weight after we got pregnant, our like skinniest athlete weight in high school and college our you know, quote unquote fat day weight our before we know what our weight is before our period, during our period, after our period, like we're obsessed with this stuff, right? Completely obsessed. So we're gonna talk about the scale a little bit. We're gonna talk about why I didn't lose my baby weight completely not cool for someone who is, has been in the fitness industry for 13 years, right? Like I'm a personal trainer with my own gym and I didn't lose my baby weight. That's a little uncomfortable, but I'm kind of over it. And if you're not comfortable with that, that's okay, but that's on you. It's not on me. So we're going to be diving into all of that. And I'm really looking forward to getting real deep, real fast with all that stuff. So go ahead and grab your bottle of wine and let's get going. I think a good place to start would be before I got pregnant. So we decided, I think it was 2009, 2010, I went off the pill. I think I went off the pill in 2009. So I went off the pill. And what's funny is I'd been on the pill for a really long time. And so I was like, oh, I'm sure this pill totally makes me like 10 pounds heavier than I would otherwise be. So I went off the pill. I believe at the time, because again, we remember these weird numbers, right? So I believe at the time I weighed 142 pounds when I went off the pill. So, oh my gosh, shocking. I just said my weight. So I weighed about 142 pounds at that time. I had weighed less than that and more than that at different points in my life. Um, but anyways, at that time I weighed 142. And I think before that, I think my my highest weight ever that I recall seeing on a scale. So I was pretty enthusiastic about stopping the pill. I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. Like automatic, easy diet. I'll lose for sure like five pounds, probably ten, whatever. So I was looking forward to all that. And shocking that didn't happen. I actually pretty immediately gained like five or six pounds. So it took us a long time to get pregnant. That's a whole topic for another uh, another episode. We had a two-year struggle with infertility. By the time I got pregnant, I weighed 148 pounds. I was in great shape. And honestly, the difference, my body at 142 pounds and 148 pounds, pretty much exactly the same, like all the same clothes fit, all the, you know, I had a lot of, I carry a lot of muscle mass. And so like it, there was very insignificant, a very insignificant difference in terms of how I looked at those two weights. So just kind of something to note because We do get really freaked out when we gain weight, but I gained six pounds and like all my clothes still fit. So I could have panicked over the scale. And I'm not saying I didn't some days because I did. Because I was like, oh my gosh, like, is it just going to keep going up forever? But um, sometimes like when you go off of, you know, hormones shift and whatever, and like my weight went up, nothing like the world's not come to an end when I weighed 148 pounds. And what's interesting as I got closer and closer to 150, like that was a big mental threshold for me. That in my mind, I was thinking a personal trainer really should not weigh more than 150 pounds. So I was l- definitely like conscientious of that 148 number that I didn't want to weigh more than 150 pounds. I wanted to stay under 150. I was way more comfortable at 142 because in my mind, my body was very different. Although when I look at pictures, it wasn't really. Um, so I was conscious of those pounds. So I got pregnant at about 148 pounds. I gained 32 pounds during my pregnancy. So I ended right at. Uh, 180 pounds. And when I had Vinny, I worked out through my entire pregnancy and um, I gained 32 pounds of like, I mean, it didn't, it didn't feel really overwhelming on my body, that 32 pounds. So here's, what's really crazy. This is like just how my body worked. I'm not saying I did anything special, but, and I'll put pictures up on the show notes to make sure that you guys can see this. So I had Vinny. I weighed 180 pounds. Within one week, I was down to 155. So I'm not saying I did not do anything special. I mean, I will say like it was a week of hell because I did not know what I was doing. And I was stuck in the throes of newborn land. But it wasn't like I put myself on any crazy diet or anything restrictive. Like, I honestly, I think I lived on lasagna and chocolate chip cookies because it was literally whatever someone put in front of my face, I would eat because when you have a one week old baby, like that's just what you do. You don't, I'm by no means was I asking people to bring me salad. I was just like, put food in front of me. I will eat it. And that went on for quite a while because I had a really long journey with nursing. So I did not pick my own food for quite some time. It was quite literally like whoever wants to put food in front of my face, that is what I'll eat. So I lost almost all of that baby weight except for seven pounds within that first week. So it was just, I had worked out through my whole pregnancy, been really healthy, not to say I didn't have indulgences because I certainly did, but I just kind of kept up my normal lifestyle during my pregnancy as much as I could. That first trimester, I felt pretty sick. So I, um, I kept up my workouts, but they were kind of more mellow. And my eating that first trimester was like, it was hangover food all day, every day. Like I remember asking my husband, he worked right near a teriyaki place at the time. And every night I was like, just bring me the yakisoba. Like all I could handle was salty noodles. So aside from those first couple months when I felt really sick, I did eat pretty well during my pregnancy. Um, I definitely gave myself a few more allowances here and there. So anyways, so Vinny comes out a week later. I'm at 155 pounds and I'm like, heck yeah, like I have arrived. I am the personal trainer who knows all that, you know, I know what to do. I actually, prior to getting pregnant, I had developed this program online called six-week pregnancy weight loss, which you can still buy online. It's a great program. So I kind of felt like I'm the authority in this field. And here I go, like losing almost all my baby weight in one week, like check me out. And then all this nursing stuff happened and it was, yeah, kind of a disaster. Like nursing really took the wind out of my mothering sails. And I was Practically on bed rest because I was nursing or pumping pretty much every hour those first couple months. I had major, major milk issues. And so, because my child was not getting enough food and I felt so much pressure to make more milk, I was literally eating constantly because I was so worried about my calories getting low and not making enough milk. So, I was eating constantly. I was also on a bunch of supplements and different things to keep my milk up. So, at one point, I was taking like 30 pills a day. So I was over time I was actually starting to gain weight. So I had, you know, a week out from Vinny's birthday, I weighed 155 pounds. By the time I finished nursing, I think I was like up at 163. And so then I was like, okay, like I'm gonna quit nursing as soon as I'm done weaning him. And he was like between six and seven months at this point. By the way, longest six to seven months of my life. Like nursing, hardest thing I've ever done. And I will continue to say that because I feel like it's supposed to be oh so natural, not so natural for me and for a lot of moms that I know. So Um, so I start weaning him and as I'm weaning him, as I'm going through the weaning process, I'm like, this is great. Like I'm going to finally drop this, this weight that I've gained while nursing. It wasn't even baby weight. It was like just nursing weight that I had gained since having him. So I stopped nursing and that weight just sits there. and I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) what the heck? And, um, I didn't, it wasn't like I was like so overweight or anything. I wasn't really panicking about the number as much as, I had all these clothes I wanted to wear and I hadn't bought clothes in so long because I was like, well, at some point I'm going to get back into the clothes that I already own. And I like those clothes. And so I kept kind of putting off like buying new clothes or going up a size. And I remember especially like with jeans, because I'll be honest, putting jeans on is like getting ready for prom for me. Like wearing jeans is getting super dressed up. I hate jeans. They're like the most uncomfortable thing ever. So I was like, I'm not going to buy jeans in a new size because I don't wear them that often. Like I'm in my yoga pants all the time. And So I'm just going to wait till I can get back into my old jeans. And I remember I would go try them on like constantly and be like, are you kidding me? Like I can barely get them over my thighs, let alone button them. Like buttoning them was just like clearly never going to happen. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is New Aqua True. And here's the thing. I swear it's like can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S. AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So I stopped nursing and I slowly, 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 even though like my eating habits got way better and everything, Um, I was no longer just eating whatever was put in front of me, but I was actually taking some initiative to prepare food on my own. I was getting back into the routine of having a lot of vegetables and salads. And I swear that like those first few months of nursing, I don't think I saw a vegetable the whole time because it was just like stuffing my face with whatever was easy and fast. And it didn't even make sense to keep produce in the house because I couldn't make any food before it would rot. And so it was like frozen foods and like takeout food and all that kind of stuff. So I start eating healthier and very, very trudgingly slowly the weight starts coming off. And I get down to like from 163 to like 160. And over the course of months, I'm not saying this was even like weeks. This was months to lose like that three pounds. And I'm working out and I started working out as soon as I could after Vinny was born. Some of that was definitely to lose weight. um, But over time, what I noticed happening was that I couldn't lose weight with exercise while I was nursing because I was keeping my calories so high. I was sitting on the couch for so many hours a day being inactive, nursing and pumping. And so it became clear that I wasn't going to lose weight from exercise. Also, I was limited in my exercise. I had multiple problems with nursing infections. So I would get clogs constantly. And then those clogs on three different occasions turned into mastitis. And one of those times I ended up fainting, fainting in the middle of the night, while changing Vinny's diaper at like 2 a.m. in the morning. I fainted while calling for my husband and completely blacked out, ended up in the ER. Horribly scary experience. Like my husband was pretty overwhelmed with the whole thing. I, you know, I mean, Vinny at the f- time was just a few weeks old. So this is my first brush with mastitis. So Vinny's only a few weeks old. We're at the ER. We find out that I have had, um, that I have mastitis. Like luckily I didn't have a heart attack or something, which is of course what my poor husband is thinking had potentially happened. And so that's the first time I had mastitis. And then I ended up getting it two more times, not as severely. So I was very concerned about clogs. And one of the things with clogs is that my doctor was like, you don't want to do a lot of upper body exercise because that could potentially clog you. You shouldn't wear an underwire because that could potentially clog you. Okay. So can we just talk about nursing bras for a minute and underwires? What the heck? I remember going into motherhood maternity one day and they were like, yes, we could fit you with like in a 34 C and I was like a 34 C, like who is a C when they're nursing? I mean, I would like to be a C in my normal life. The girls are not small over here. Okay. And some people are like loud and proud about that. I would love to have them cut off. So like email me if you want to join the like cut off your boobies club, because, oh my gosh, all my life they've just gotten in my way and weighed me down. So when I go into motherhood, maternity and I'm asking about nursing bras and I can't have anything with underwire because of all these clogs and everything. And they're like, okay, well we have like a 34 C is the biggest we have. And I was like laughing in their face. And of course the girl helping me is like 21 and a half and not a mom. And I was like, why are you even working here? Cause I just needed someone who could commiserate with me. And so she sends me like somewhere else across town and there's like no options. My nursing size, I think I was like a 32, um, like G or F or I don't know, like some big huge letter and that I didn't even know existed before I had a child. And I couldn't find nursing bras anywhere. And then because of that size, so my doctor who I adore, but she's like, just go to Target and get something cheap because you can't be wearing anything that's really like cumbersome anyways, because it's just gonna clog your milk. So I go and I get like cheap nursing bras at Target, but then I'm like, I can't leave the house in these. Like my boobs are down to my knees. So it was like a whole thing, just the whole nursing bra situation. And like, if I have a second kid, like, please God tell me that they're going to have this all figured out by the time that kid comes out. Because the nursing bra situation, it's it's pretty dismal. And I'm pretty disappointed in humanity for what we show up with in the nursing bra industry. So if someone could get to work on that, please, please do. So I can't work out a ton because I can't wear bras with underwire or compression bras. So that limits me. I can't do anything like heavy upper body work because I might get clogged. Then in addition to that, I have this thing called a cystocele. So a cystocele is when it feels like your bladder is falling out of you. And in some cases, I think it does. Uh, mine was not a severe cystocele, but it does. It pushes down on, I, I'm not, I don't know all the technical terms and I'm not a medical professional. So I'm just going to say that it feels like your bladder is pushing everything out of you. And for me, what would happen is every time, so the placement of the bladder makes you feel like you have to pee all the time. And for me, what would happen is every time I would stand up from sitting, I would be like, oh my God, I think I just peed. So it wasn't like a lot of people who were like, oh, when I you know do jumping jacks, I pee a little. For me, it was like, oh, when I stand up, I think I just peed myself. Like it's not even high impact here. It's just standing up or going up my stairs like, oh, hmm, one step at a time, little drop with every step. So I was in and out of physical therapy for that, um, which continues to be an issue to this day. So I couldn't do a lot of intense exercise because of that. So I was so limited in what I could do with exercise that my, extra, my workouts couldn't really be about weight loss. And so what I ended up doing instead was working out for my mental health, because what I noticed is I definitely did. There would be weeks where I would be, you know, if I had a really bad clogged duct from nursing, I would take like a whole week off from working out because it wasn't worth it to me to get mastitis again. And then I would just notice how that weighed on me and how I felt so cranky and so impatient. And I had a pretty demanding baby. I was really struggling with milk production. I just, I was not into newborn land. And so what I found is that if I didn't exercise, it just made all that worse. So I had to start exercising for the first time in my life just to feel good, not to like look amazing and not to say that like I looked amazing prior to pregnancy and like not to be super vain about it. But in the past, you know, I had worked out and been like, oh, look, I love the way that this muscle looks in the mirror, that muscle looks. I could kind of do it from this vain perspective and actually see like this is what I'm working on and here's how it's impacting me. And I could see like, oh, my shoulder muscles are popping or my quads are popping or whatever. This was the first time in my life I was working out just to like feel better about getting out of bed in the morning. And I have to say that was crucial for me. It was a struggle because I wanted it to be about vanity. I wanted it to be for weight loss, but that's just not what it could be at that time at that point. Like I couldn't do the workouts that I really wanted to do that I'd done in the past. So I had everything modified to a much lower impact level, much shorter workouts because I had to do them in much shorter amounts of time because Vinny was not a child who could just like sit and nap while Mommy did a long workout. He was a child that like, if he was awake, and needed to be held. I was, like I said, nursing and pumping constantly. So I would just have these tiny little breaks where I could get in like 10 minute workouts. And so that's what I would do. I was getting, would get in these short little workouts and they didn't help with weight loss because I couldn't really do that much. Um, so over time I was exercising just to feel good. And that was hugely impactful. And I just made myself do that over and over again. So now fast forward, it's been you know, Vinny's three and a half. I've been done nursing for almost three years. My weight at this point. So, if you recall, I stopped nursing. I weighed one hundred and sixty-three pounds. I killed myself—not killed myself, but I'm like I made a conscientious, very conscientious effort to clean up my diet, get back into my like more intense workouts, which has been great. Um, and I went from like one sixty-three to one sixty over the course of months. So now here we are, almost three years later, and I weigh. Here we go. As of this morning, 158 pounds. So I'm still 10 pounds heavier than when I got pregnant. And I'm a personal trainer. And I have a program about how to lose baby weight. And that's kind of hard on the ego, right? And it's kind of funny. Like I've always thought I just need to do a blog post and say, like, I weigh 158 pounds. And who cares? So that's I thought like I need to share this because We get so wrapped up in these numbers and it can be so uncomfortable when it's in your own head. And it doesn't matter. Like, no one cares how much I weigh. And here's the thing there might be some people who do care, and that's okay, but that's about them. It's not about me. So, anyone who looks at me and is like, oh my gosh, like she didn't lose all her baby weight and she trains moms, how can, you know, like that's hypocritical? Sure, you can go ahead and think that. That's totally fine. That's your prerogative. But I know that if you are judging me based on my weight, that has to do with your relationship with your body. And so this is what I say to people when I find them coming from that judgmental perspective. And this is what I remind myself too when I'm having like a a day where I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh really, this is where we're at? I have to remind myself that if anyone wants to judge me based upon my looks or my weight or whatever, that's fine, that's, you know, anyone's prerogative to do that, but that's about them, it's not about me and it's also really important to me because of what i stand for and because of what i want all women to stand for like seriously this is so much bigger than me and like i can feel myself getting choked up just thinking about it but i want all women to stand for something so much more significant than a flipping number on the scale so i'm trying to keep this family friendly and not drop an f bomb but like i really want to because that scale is so damaging to the way that we see ourselves and the way that we carry ourselves and the way that we talk to ourselves and I've spent a lot of time in the last three years struggling with that and wrapping my head around how can I be the most amazing person to all my members and to everyone that I want to impact in the world when I didn't do the things that my whole business is built around. I didn't lose all my baby weight and I promote products that talk about losing baby weight and I do transformation programs that are all about like you know getting in the best, best shape of your life. I'm not in the best shape of my life right now. But you know what? That's all okay because I don't need to be in the best shape of my life right now. That's not my biggest priority. And also weighing in, in 158 pounds, so right now I kind of fluctuate between 155 and 158. And weighing in in that, weighing in there, that's completely fine. I don't need to be less than that because if I'm constantly trying to shrink, my focus is so diluted in other areas of my life. So that's not to say that you shouldn't care about your health. I do very much care about my health and so I have taken the initiative to talk to my doctor about this because what I've told her is I've gone back to really healthy eating habits as healthy if not healthier than before I got pregnant. I'm back doing the workouts that I was doing before I got pregnant. I've done two half marathons since I've had Vinny. I've done all this stuff that historically has actually worked really well for me to maintain a weight in like the low 140s or the you know 142 to 148. So So what's going on that now I can't drop this last 10 pounds, no matter what I do. And I've gotten to a point where I'm like, whatever, like 158 is 158. I don't really care. But at the same time, I want to make sure that like from a health perspective, is there something going on here? These are really valuable conversations to have with your doctor. So what I see women doing is looking for quick fixes. And so I'm not going to lie. Like I've looked at some of that stuff like, oh, maybe if I just do this three day cleanse and blah, blah, blah. I haven't done anything like that. Because I have to talk myself through the same things I talk my clients through. Like, I don't recommend the master cleanse to anyone. I don't recommend a three-day detox or a seven-day detox or a 21-day fix or whatever. Like any of these little things that are based on deprivation for a certain period of time, I don't recommend those to anyone. So I'm not going to do that to myself. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today.
1: The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because, let's face it,
0: And I've had glucose testing done and I've done a saliva test for my adrenals and I've done food sensitivity testing. So I've done all these different things. And I'm actually going to include in the show notes, a list of things that you can specifically ask your doctor about that. It's a combination of things that I've gone through testing that I've gone through and that some of my clients have gone through in other capacities who've had other struggles. Because when you find that your body doesn't want to lose weight, it's really important that you investigate that. Like it's one thing if you're just like, I'm not going to exercise right now and I'm going to eat whatever I want and that's fine. But it's totally different if you're like, I'm eating really well and exercising really well. And this used to, for me, stimulate weight loss. It used to get me to a point where my body looked much differently and now it's not working. What's going on? If you have a sense that something is not working and there's a reason for it, then you need to follow That's like you're health responsibility. It's your medical responsibility to take care of yourself. So that's what I've done. So I've gone through and done all this testing. So we know now that I have um, reactive hypoglycemia, which is a blood sugar issue. And so I don't process sugar well. So when I do have sugar, I crash really, really hard. The good news is I don't have a lot of sugar because it's not my thing. I'd much rather have salty things or more my snacks of choices. I'm not a huge dessert person. I will say when I did find out about this diagnosis, The first thing I did was Google how much sugar is in red wine because I was worried my doctor was going to say I couldn't drink wine anymore. But never fear, never fear, ladies. The wine is okay. So I have cut back my red wine because caffeine and alcohol do impact reactive hypoglycemia. So I have that's the reason I've cut out coffee completely, except for my one decaf a week. And then um, I've cut my wine back considerably. Um, I've definitely made some lifestyle changes in hopes of mitigating some of the things that happen with that reactive hypoglycemia, because what happens when I do have coffee in the morning is by like 11 a.m., sometimes I feel like I'm going to pass out. Like I crash so hard from coffee. um. So I crash at 11 a.m. in terms of like I feel really nauseous and lightheaded. And then I crash again at three o'clock or so where I'm like, oh, my God, if I don't have a nap right now, like I seriously can't move on. I noticed this when Vinny was a baby. I noticed for so long when he would nap, I would have to nap. And I felt like it went on like long beyond normal like nap when the baby naps windows where I was like, okay, like he's two now. Am I supposed to still be napping when the baby naps? And that's when my doctor was like, let's look into some of these things. So since then we've done the blood sugar testing. We also did um, some adrenal testing, which was a saliva test where you have to spit into these little tubes, which I'm telling you, the tubes are tiny, but to fill them, it takes forever. It's actually really hard. I had to do, and you do it over the course of a day. You spit into these little tubes, like four of them over the course of the day. So we found out that I have some issues with my adrenals and my cortisol spiking when it shouldn't be spiking. And so we're working with that. So we're working with all these things. The, fixing them may or may not change my weight. Oh, and then the other thing is that we've gone back and done food sensitivity testing, which I actually did before I was pregnant. And we redid that to see if it changed over over the last few years because I had done some like stuff to improve my gut health um, with probiotics and stuff. So we were just wanting to recheck in with that. And that had, there was a few things on there that were obvious, like I need to cut out eggs and I need to cut out almonds. And so I, I've done that. So I'm doing all these things and the scale hasn't really changed much. so, okay, let's just talk about like, I've cut out coffee. I've cut out, probably cut my wine by 30 to 50%, depending on the week. I've cut out gluten. I've cut out dairy. I've cut out eggs. I've cut out almonds. So, I mean, can a girl like just get 20 pounds of weight loss just for trying hard? Because, so I will say that some of this is an effort to be healthy. Some of it is like, let's see if I can get rid of this 10 pounds, um, uh, because I want to fit back in these clothes. This isn't like I want to just shrink and be a tiny little girl. I just would love to fit back in my clothes from before Vinny was born because they're cute clothes. But also, if that doesn't happen, I can be okay with where I'm at. Um and that's that's taken some work. That's taken some like major headspace work for sure. It's hard to not judge yourself when you're in the fitness industry. And especially I spend a lot of times in the fitness industry surrounded by males um and male male colleagues who Very much have this attitude and like literally have conversations about things like this, where they're like, "Well, you have to look the part if you want people to hire you," and blah blah blah. We have these online forums where they start talking about this stuff, and I'm like, "I'm going to throat punch someone because it's generally seems to be related to female trainers, so I I can't handle it." But the the conversation is seems to be about like if you're going to be an overweight trainer, and then like what is that message does that send to your clients and blah, 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 blah. And so my theory in all areas of life, regardless of where you're at, is that everyone is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. And so no judgment. If a trainer is overweight, it could be for a million different reasons. It could be because they've just chosen to chill out for a while. It could be because they have a parent who's suffering you know, a grave illness and they're spending more time on their family than in the gym. It could be because they have a medical condition. It could be like a million different things things. It could be that they've already lost a hundred pounds and that inspired them to become a fitness professional. So like, we're going to sit here and judge them because they're overweight and they've already lost a hundred pounds. Like there's just a million different reasons that people look the way that they look. And so I'm not going to sit and worry about why someone might judge me because again, that's about them. It's not about me, but it is really important that my health is taken care of. So that's what I'm focusing on is taking care of my health. So all of that is to say, Nope, I didn't lose my baby weight. And yep, I'm a fitness professional. And yep, completely shameless about it. So here I am at 158 pounds as of this morning. And tomorrow, who knows? Maybe it'll be 157, maybe it'll be 159, like whatever. My value does not go up or down based on that number. So I will say, people, I know people are gonna ask this, so I'll go ahead and say I do weigh myself every day. And I don't necessarily recommend that. I I recommend it if you can detach from the number. So I don't have an emotional response to the number. I'm more I'm looking for the trends. And so like I don't flip out like if I'm out of town for a week and I don't weigh myself for a week, like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like in the past, I've definitely been more dictated, let the scale dictate my mood more than I do now. Um, but now it's just like it's kind of the other thing about all of this, the scale included, is like who has time to worry about this? Like there's so many bigger fish to fish to fry. So like, yes, I could totally stress out about my weight and I could be like doing two workouts a day, which in reality, with an adrenal issue and a blood sugar issue probably would not serve me at all to be doing more workouts. But the reality is I work out five to six days a week to feel good and to be more patient and to be more energetic and to be more positive in general. And I eat really healthy to feel good and to be more patient, more healthy and feel good and have uh, have more energy in general. So I'm doing these things because I want to have good quality of life and I want to have as much longevity as possible. So in the grand scheme of things, the length of my life and the quality of my years is so much more significant than if I weigh 148 or 158 pounds. And so I've kind of gotten over this whole thing about losing baby weight and you know for sure if it continue if I continued to gain weight and, my health felt compromised as a result of that, that would be a very different conversation. But at 158 pounds, my health is not compromised. I do have these two issues with my adrenals and my, um, the hypoglycemia that I am working on because those are health issues. But I'm not diabetic. My risk factors for heart disease and cancer and those kinds of things are not in a bad place right now. So I'm not super stressed out about this. And I don't wanna come at it from a vain point of view because that doesn't serve anyone. I'm better than that. And I know that I'm better than that. And I also know that everyone has their own story about their body and it's not up to anyone else to judge. And so I want to be really clear that I am more than happy to share my story if it means that it will help someone else. Because I feel like it's so easy to get wrapped up in numbers and get wrapped up in your value around that number. And that doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve anyone else. And it doesn't tell your story. Like The scale does not tell your story. And people let it define us. I have this on my scale at the gym. I have a little post-it note taped on there that says this number does not define you because people really truly do let it define them and that's not okay. So I'm not defined by the scale. I'm not defined by that number. I'm just a person who didn't lose my baby weight. And that's cool. Like some people want to get in the best shape of their life after they have a baby and they can and they do. And that is fantastic. That is not what my story is. And that's okay because my story being something different means that I can offer something different to other people. If I was a trainer who got in the best shape of my life after having my kid, then I would be offering Something totally different. And that's okay. But you know what? There's a million trainers out there who like have a baby and get a six pack and they can share their story. I think it's more valuable for me to share my story of not losing my baby weight because I think that that helps a whole nother world of women who are on a journey that no one knows anything about, that very few people talk about. And we're sitting in silence. And some of us are struggling really hard. And I would much rather reach those people than reaching the people who are inspired to get a six pack after they have a baby, because I know there's really great people out there that can help you with that. So if you want help with that, let me know. I'm happy to tell you who can help you with a six pack. If you want help with the conversation in your head, this is the place to be like, let's talk about changing the conversation in your head because when the conversation in your head is based on judgment, you pass when you step on the scale first thing in the morning, the conversation in your head all day long about everything you do in every capacity in your life is going to be a struggle for you forever. So we have to start with detaching from that number and detaching with what that number means and what it should mean and who cares about it and what the standards are. Like if you look at any any chart, I would be considered overweight. If you look at like BMI, I'm considered obese. I have a decent amount of muscle on me. So you can go you can look at the my pictures up on the show notes at shamelessmom.com. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. You can look at the pictures up on the website and you can see like my before, the picture up there the day my that I gave birth from the morning that my water broke, a picture when Vinny's a week old, and then I have a picture up there of me today. And I think that you'll find that I'm just kind of like normal momish, not in the best shape of my life, although I'm very fit and I eat very well. I'm just kind of like regular and that's okay, right? Like, can we just be regular and be okay with that? So, okay. It's time to go. (laughs) So I feel like I could keep talking in circles about this. And I want to just leave it at that. I want to leave it with like, be cool with where you're at, be okay with where you're at. Be shameless with where you're at, because that is okay. Wherever you're at right now, that is okay. Whether you are at 108 pounds, 158 pounds, 208 pounds, 258 pounds, or more. Wherever you're at right now, it is okay. And you don't need to explain it to anyone. You don't need to justify it to anyone. It's your journey. And if someone else wants to judge your journey, that's about them. It's not about you. So, with that, today, treat yourself shamelessly. When you think about your body, own it, love it, be in it, and be in it as positively as you possibly can. I'll talk to you soon. If today's episode was impactful and meaningful to you, I would love for you to share it. I have to say, this was a challenging episode for me to do, it was definitely a little bit uncomfortable. But I also do love sharing, knowing that I'm going to help other people and impact other women's lives. And I know that there's a lot of women who sit in judgment of themselves every single day, and I really wanna help those women. So if you know anyone who could benefit from hearing a little bit of loving kind, loving words and kind, loving messages uh, for their body and for where they're at today, please feel free to go to shamelessmom.com and you'll see all of our episodes, including this one. This one will be right at the top and you can share out the links for the episode. Additionally, you can go into iTunes, do the same thing. You can grab the iTunes link and share out our episode. Um, And then you can also share via the Shameless Mom Academy Um, on facebook and the shameless mom academy on instagram these episodes will be posted there as well to make sharing really easy so i appreciate you sharing this story i think it's a topic that needs to be talked about i think we need to talk more about moms who don't lose all their baby weight because i think that's where a lot of us are Um, additionally make sure you're subscribed so that every time one of our new episodes hits and is released you get the access to it immediately it's like getting first dibs. And for competitive people like me, that's really important, right? So make sure you're a subscriber on the show. You can do that when you're in iTunes. You just hit the little subscribe button. And then as soon as any episode is released, it will automatically magically appear in your device. Thank you so much for listening today. I can't wait to talk soon. Until then, have a great day and get out there and be super shameless.